We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And as always, we come to you live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studio. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. That's Brian Jones. Andrew Bogushin for Geo. Busy final hour. Nick Faldo on the PGA Championship. Later right now, though, some college football with CBS Sports college football analyst Eric Coleman. Eric, it's Andrew and Brian. What's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, it's going well. Uh, good to be on with you guys. Uh, it's a beautiful morning here. I just had my son try to interrupt my interview, so <laughs> I'm glad to hop in with you guys. I like him already. He said, Daddy, give me some attention. The hell with them. How old is he? He's he's two and a half. Oh, there you go. Oh yeah, Ooh. he's trouble too. And I'm sure he was behaving until the phone rang. I've had exactly. that problem. Like, Dad has a phone call. I need you to be quiet in five minutes. And they're <laughs> quiet. And then I get on the phone. And then they need everything: the bathroom, a drink. They want to go outside. They're sometimes they're just evil, but they're also <laughs> but they're also awesome. Evil. Yeah, I mean, in the, in the best possible way, oh, okay. they can get you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eric, so is he the only, is he your only kid? No, I have uh, I have he's my youngest. Then I have two girls who are five and eight. Does the eight year old care that you like? Does she think it's cool what your job is yet? Oh, she doesn't care at all. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> kind of waiting on that too. I've got six and three, and the six year old kinda at times thinks it's fun, but really not anywhere near what I'm, what I'm hoping for. And you do what again, Daddy? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was cool when I played football, but now it's just like, oh, you just talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> That's not cool. Hey, tell her that, that talking about it still pays for your clothes and that food that goes in your mouth, right? Exactly. So <laughs> how are you, uh, you? You've done some work for the Jets, of course, and, and now you're going to do some work for CBS Sports and do some sideline work, I believe, uh, to start with. And your first foray into the sideline stuff? Yes, it is. You know, and, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, and it was kind of funny because before uh, CBS approached me with the sideline role, I, I had the opportunity to be a sideline reporter for the Boomer Esiason game, um, for the Boomer Esiason Foundation game. It's New York City versus Long Island High School All-Star game, and it's on CBS Sports. And, uh, it, and it was an awesome experience. I got to interview the players in the sidelines after they scored, uh, you know, give some great interviews and just, you know, show my personality. So it was a good introduction. To, to the sideline reporting, and, and I'm very excited to, to be doing it with CBS. See, you hear that? Uh, sorry, dog, that won't wag his own tail. I, I did some great interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spoken it, like a, it, a defensive back. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a little bit of a jump when the, when the, the kid from Canarsie High School becomes Nick Saban and he's angry over a bad first half. Just be careful with your questions as you're walking off the field. <laughs> Um, how is it? Is it weird, Solaric, to to be on the other side of things now, from going from playing to to talking to the players and coaches? Yeah, you know it can be. You know, especially after you know being on SNY. You know, the Jets haven't been the most successful team the last couple of years, hmm. and sometimes you have to be critical of the guys. And you know, I, what I try to do, I always tell people, is I try to be critical of their actions, and not them personally. Hmm. 
And that really, you know, the players respect that. You know, I'm around the players a lot. And uh, so, so that in that sense, it's, it's getting better. But it, it is hard. Just, you know, you're used to preparing for a game for you to go out there and play, not studying, you know, other people's tendencies to just talk about them. So uh, it, it's, a good, it's a good aspect. You know, as, a, as defensive players, linebackers, and safeties, we have to do all the communicating and all the studying and talking anyway. So it's, I think it's a, a smooth transition over to, to talking about it uh, on the television side. Uh, so let's pretend you're at Jets camp yesterday for CBS Sports, uh, and Christian Hackenberg just got kicked off the field for breaking the huddle wrong twice. <laughs> what's, what's, what's going through your head after that? Oh, man, that, that has to be – I mean, it has to be a sign of some things that were that, that he's not really coming along as fast as they want him to uh, or maybe taking it as serious as, as the team wants him to. Uh, but, you know, I, I was at that scrimmage on Saturday night, and, you know, he, Christian Hackenberg looks like he's progressing. You know, the, last year when I watched him in training camp, I had to kind of I had to kind of grimace a little bit because of how the ball was coming off his hands. He was throwing the ball hard, but it was nowhere near where he was trying to throw it. And, and he's getting more accurate. He's getting more composed. And I think that, um, you know, he's going to progress. I, I don't know if he's going to be the starter or if he's going to be that, that quarterback who they can lean on. But I, I think he's he's making strides and working in that direction. So, Eric, in all the years you've been around football, have you ever seen a quarterback told, go to the sideline because you don't know how to break the huddle correctly? <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> never. I've, I've never really seen a quarterback uh, get embarrassed like that in front right. of the team. You know, they always kind of hold them in high regard and, yeah. and, and have them as, in that lead position. But for them to be – to kick them all out of practice, <laughs> they have to be pretty frustrated with his progress. So uh, that's never a good sign if you're, if you're trying to move forward with him as your leader, your team, uh, getting kicked off the field. So they, they've got a long way to go. Uh, I guess one more Jet question, and then we'll get to college football. Why does Sheldon Richardson still fighting Brandon Marshall? What's he getting out of the back and forth <laughs> still in the media now? You know, Sheldon is a, he's never going to back down from any challenge. And, you know, and I think what happened last year in the locker room, uh, Brandon, you know, Brandon, he's, he's on television. He has his own, he had his own, his own show, um, you know, always in the media. And it comes to the point sometimes where you're, you're a big money player. You're getting paid a, a ton of money. Uh, you're always in front of the media. And when it's time to deliver, if you don't deliver, then the guys on the other side of the other ball are going to get frustrated especially if you're always in front of the camera. So I think it was a long time coming. That, that, that beef had built up over, over a couple of months. And, you know, and then when Sheldon got in trouble with the Snapchat uh, and Brandon kind of embarrassed him a little bit, I, I think that things over, you know, they overflowed a little bit. And it's definitely personal. I don't know if they've come to blows or anything, but <laughs> now they're on the other side of the on the other side of the tracks, and that that beef is going to continue. Well, Sheldon Richardson needs to worry about Sheldon Richardson uh, because uh, he's a malcontent and can't keep his nose clean. One last question, officially now about the Jets, because I've reported on the show a couple weeks ago that this coaching staff they were very optimistic about this nondescript roster that they have before them. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, their their chances this year, at least being 500? I, I think the, the chances of them being 500 are, are, are very slim. You know, I picked them to win five or six games, and that's just based off the fact of, of on defense, they have a lot of talent, they're young, and they're going to give maximum effort. You know, I, I think sometimes when you're a younger team, you don't know going into a situation that, you know what, we should probably lose this game. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, this team is better than us on paper. Uh, when you're young, you just go. And, and that's what kind of guys they have. I mean, you, you saw Jamal Adams. 
you know, making statements in the media about how much he loves the game of football. But when you watch him practice, you can really see his passion for the game. You know, he's a young guy who comes in and, and he's yelling at everyone. He's, he's calling out plays. He's, he's leading. He's telling guys where to get lined up. And those are the kind of players that you need if you're going to win games. So I, I think defensively, they have, they have room for optimism. You know, I think they should be excited about what their team has to, is going to put on the field. But offensively, you know, you look at the wide receiver core, and they just lost Quincy Anunwa in, in the scrimmage. And before that, it was kind of like, okay, there's Quincy, and who else? Who else is going to step up and be that receiver? So now they have a, a whole receiving core who they have question marks about and also a quarterback. So uh, it's, they're in a tough position. You know, if they can find some, some key components – you know, through free agency or, or someone emerges as a, as a star player, then that would be great. But defensively, they have room for optimism. Offensively, it's going to be. That is, uh, uh, Quincy is Chauncey on this show, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> All right. That's how excited I am about the Jets. I called them Chauncey <laughs> before, so they had problems in my head before the injury. Uh, Eric Coleman's with us here, brand-new member of the CBS Sports family, college football analyst, uh, as the new season inches ever so closer. Uh, Eric, we, this week, Greg Schiano said his current Ohio State defensive line was better than the one he had with the Buccaneers in 2012 and 13. Um, and to no disrespect to those Buckeyes who may be really good NFL players, they're not in the NFL just yet. Uh, why do seemingly smart people keep making comparisons between college football and, and the NFL? Oh, no. I, and I never got that. You know, you, you're talking about you know, some, some boys, <laughs> some yeah. boys, you know, who maybe they will develop into great players one day. But there's no way that in college that they're better than anyone in the NFL right now. You know, you, you might have you – know, when you had Joey Bosa, when he was playing, like, yeah, he's going to be a great player. But as a unit, I mean, these guys in the NFL, you know, the work they put in, the, the technique, uh, the, the strength that you get, that you acquire is just being a grown man. Uh, th- there's no way that, that the Ohio State defensive line is better than any of the defensive lines he's coached in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a way for him to pump up his team to, to give some confidence to his defensive line. But, you know, I think he went about it in the wrong way. Yeah, he, he can be confident in him, but stop lying. Uh, exactly. let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk about your Washington State Cougars, man, uh, because uh, eight and five a season ago, uh, some some big wins, and they did something they haven't been able to do, and that's uh, really under Mike Leach, which is run the ball. How excited mm-hmm. are you about uh, the Cougars, especially with Luke Falk, uh, Falk coming back at, at quarterback, one of the best in the game? I'm very excited about him. I mean, you know, you, you start off with Luke Falk, who's, you know, one of the, the most prolific passers in college football right now, uh, coming back for another year. And, and when you talk to Luke Falk, He's he's like talking to Mike Leach on the field. As strange as that is, you know, everyone knows how how that's um, strange. Yeah, how different of a personality uh, Coach Leach is. But you know, very intelligent guy. Uh, Luke Falk is a, is a great leader for that offense. And the offensive line is what I'm excited about. You know, Cody O'Connell. You know, All American guard. Oof. I mean, this guy is six eight, about three sixty. Uh, what they call him, you, county or continent the, or something? Yeah, the, the, the continent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know that unit has another year together uh, to grow. Uh, and then, and then that running game, as you as you mentioned, you know the running game: Jamal Morrow, um, James Williams, and Gerard Wicks. You know, those are three running backs who, who offer three different things on the field. I, I think James Williams is probably the most diverse. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. Uh, you know, Wicks is a guy who's a power back 
and Morrow's like your return man. He's the scat back who fits perfectly in that offense. So uh, it, it was great once you saw Washington State establish the run last year uh, because early in the season you saw teams rushing three and dropping eight in the coverage, and it was giving Luke Falks all kinds of problems. But once they were able to establish that run, it made the defense commit more defenders to the box and, and created more one-on-one situations on the outside and allowed Luke Falk to, to take advantage. So uh, I think if they can run the ball, they can still be a run-first offense, as, as crazy as that sounds in that air raid offense. If they can continue to run the ball well, they'll have a lot of success in the Pac-12. Can they win the North? I, I, I think they can. I, I really do. I think they can. It's going to be tough. You know, University of Washington is a, is, a, is a very good football team. They have a great defense, some great defensive backs. Uh, you know, Oregon is always, <laughs> is always going to be a competitor up there. But, um, you know, I think it's definitely a possibility if they execute well on offense and that defense continues to grow. You know, I think that they have some youth. They had some youth last year in the secondary. Uh, you know, you know how the, the, the secondaries are. It's all about chemistry, and, and, and hopefully they can grow and continue to, to blossom and, and not give up so many big plays. I think they'll they'll have some success. And and don't forget about Stanford, who they did defeat a season ago. But Stanford's looking good this year, and 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 you mentioned Washington and Oregon would be better than they were. Uh, 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 last year as well. Who else are you looking out for? Of course, preseason polls are out, and I had to submit mine yesterday. Alabama, number one, even though they've got a lot of uh, holes to fill on the defensive side of the ball, but they feel them better than anyone. Then I have Ohio State. Oklahoma's in my my top five, uh, and I think just outside of it is Clemson, the reigning uh, national champions. How do you see it? Um, you know, you know, I think you have it about right. You know, I I, I do like Oklahoma. You know, with them bringing back their quarterback, um, you know, Alabama's always going to be at the top. Yeah. I think USC is going to be a, a solid team. You know, I'm a West Coast guy, so yeah. I'm going to always show love to those guys. For sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think your, your top five, was you had it about right. You know, this is going to be a very competitive college football season. I, I'm really excited to be a part of it and, and to talk talk about it and, and uh, to watch these, these teams grow and mature. You know, it, it's so tough we, I mean, when you talk about, you know, these teams in these, in these power conferences. Uh, you know, they just beat each other up. So if you can survive your conference, it's, it's, gonna, it's, saying, it's saying a lot about what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about coming out of the, the Pac-12 or the, the, the ACC or, or the SEC. You know, if you can – you know, I like Georgia. Georgia is another team. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought this popped into my head. Georgia is a team I think is going to compete uh, as well. So Yeah, I like Georgia. I like Auburn. And uh, I got some surprises as far as my, my college football uh, playoffs. The, the, the four, I, I got some good surprises like I do each and every year, so I'm, I'm going to jinx another team. I can't share it now, <laughs> so you have to wait till we have our preseason uh, preview shows. Oh, you're holding it for TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got oh how fancy of you. <laughs> but I've got some, I got some surprises. Oh, you want to know right now? Yeah. Well, I'm not afraid to tell you right now. My college football four are Auburn, mm-hmm. Penn mm-hmm. State, uh-huh. Florida State, okay. and Oklahoma. Whoa, nice. you forgot to say Alabama. Want to hear it again? Yeah. Auburn, uh-huh. Florida State, right. Penn State, uh-huh. and Oklahoma. You know you're saying Auburn, wow. right? Auburn? Wow. Boy, gosh. Chauncey is Auburn, okay? <laughs> I can have a quarterback, Jared Stidham. He's going to be able to hit wide receivers that they couldn't hit a season ago. Did yeah, Alabama I... disband football this year? Is no, that okay. no. They're going right. to be in the mix. But that's my four. Everyone else can have their four, okay? 
mine. I'm jinxing. I, who did I jinx? I jinxed Tennessee last year, and I guess I'm going to jinx Auburn and Penn State this year. You want to take this one, Eric, or you want to just go back to bed? I mean, to me, like you can pick Alabama and then mess around with the other three. Why? You, you pick Alabama. Guy. I just did. I did. Thank I you. Did. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can, I can see that. You know, it's, it's a tough conference. You know, Alabama always has that bullseye on their back, and they're going to get everyone's best game, as, as they always say. And, you know, they're like the Patriots, where they play so many extra games, mm-hmm. so many more games than everybody else that at some point is going to catch up to them. So maybe this is the year. And and I, I probably will have Alabama favored in that first game versus Florida State, but Florida State can overcome that, just like Alabama's been able to overcome a loss. Clemson was able to overcome a loss to Pitt a year ago in the middle of the season, the middle to late uh, part of the season. So I think the same thing can happen to Florida State if they are to lose that first ball game. Hey, Eric, before we let you go, we have, uh, one more NFL question. Jay Cutler comes back. Signs with the Dolphins, says he's not really in great shape. And being a quarterback, you don't have to be in great shape. I would differ somewhat. You got to have some pretty – have to be in pretty good shape. Absolutely. I mean, that arm has to be in shape, your legs. You know, you, you've got to be in tip-top shape to, to come into this league and perform at any position. You know, so so it's, uh, it's funny. I, I questioned whether he was just kind of sitting around and uh, – and thinking like, man, $10 million, I can't make $10 million do anything else. Yeah. I might as well go play football. <laughs> That's how it is in my imagination. That's how I picture the negotiations going down. But, you know, I mean, everyone knows that Jay Cutler has a great arm. You know, he's not the best decision maker. And he kind of he comes off as being a guy who doesn't really care sometimes. But I really do think he wants to be a good football player and, and – for the sake of the Dolphins, who have a, a very good football team, I hope he comes in and, and leads and, and, and helps him win some games. Eric, again, welcome to the family. Congrats uh, on the new gig, and good luck during this uh, the coming season. I'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me, guys. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 